Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. What are they made of? Cured edible green leaves, food-grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical-grade nicotine. No tobacco leaf or stem. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco and want to join the Black Buffalo herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online and they ship directly to most states. Or check out their store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated BF Goodrich All-Terrain TAKO2. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. What is going on, everybody? It's me, John Middlecoff. This is the Three and Out Podcast. Appreciate everyone coming. Obviously, the draft right around the corner. Thank you to the heavens above because uh, I'm ready. And uh, as of recording this, we have, what would it be, 10 days? We got three more days till Thursday. Yeah, I mean, so we're, we're 10 days away. 10 freaking days away. Can't wait. So we're going to do a little draft talk here. Uh, some different thoughts on the quarterbacks. Some Just some draft scuttlebutt that I'm hearing. Uh, Alex Smith retires. Want to just do a little hat tip. And then, of course, the Middlecoff mailbag. At John Middlecoff is my Instagram. Slide right in there. And, yeah, shoot me a question. Get them answered right here on the show. I, I got a lot of questions today. I'm going to put them, uh, I'm going to record them. I'm going to put them up on my YouTube channel as well. John Middlecoff is just the YouTube channel. And uh, I put different three and out segments and just some other stuff up there as well. And if you could leave a review on the uh, Apple iTunes would be the easiest place to leave a review. Many of you have uh, a lot of glowing reviews. I, I appreciate everyone being so kind 
and uh, I'm glad that people like the show. Okay, I wanted to start here with uh, with Trevor Lawrence, and we talked about last week about his comments and the comments of football's not everything that he doesn't have to win a Super Bowl to justify his career, that basically, I wrote it down last week, it was pretty ugly, comments like, he's not a win a Super Bowl at all costs guy. That was from his dad, his high school coach. He could walk away and be fine. And I had said, like, and you probably heard this on several other places, red flag those comments. Because in the NFL at quarterback, it's a no-balance position. I need a junkie. That's what Tom Brady was. That's what Peyton Manning is. That's what Mahomes is. That's what Josh Allen is. That's what Lamar Jackson is. Like, that's what Russell Wilson is. That's what just the great players are. You know, I think Rodgers doesn't get that kind of, uh, that tag. He clearly is. I I don't think he's just walking into MVP seasons. Like, he might not post workout videos like Russell Wilson. He's working. He's obsessed with football. Or there's no chance at 37 years old he could be this good. It's part of the deal. Tiger Woods didn't randomly kick everyone's ass. He outworked them. He ate and breathed and slept golf. Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, football is their life. Say what you want about LeBron James. He's all in on basketball. I need my guy to have no balance if you're going to be an all-time great. It's just part for the course. It's part of the deal. That, that is just the price of admission. And Trevor Lawrence has been built up to be this all-time great prospect. And I, listen, I, I'm, I don't pretend to have watched every Trevor Lawrence snap at Clemson. Half their games were a joke. I think he's an incredible prospect. The size, the ability, the talent. My friends that do the SEC, clearly Clemson loves him. So I, in, in fairness to even people like me that were critical of the comments, like, I think it's easy to say, I, I judge people not by what they say, but by their actions, and his actions have football meant a lot to him. Now, one thing that jumped out to me when I talked about, I think it was last Friday when I did the topic about Trevor Lawrence was, you know, he says he doesn't watch NFL football on Sunday, which Julio Jones said the same thing. I don't care about wide receiver. That does bother me a little bit about my quarterback. I like him to like to watch some NFL football, but... It's just, those are the facts. That's a reality. He can walk it back, and I know he says it means a lot to him. I do believe that. Lux kind of had a similar vibe. And like I said last week, it wasn't necessarily because, like, Luck didn't leave football because he didn't love football. Because when things were going well, he was kicking everyone's ass. He was playing really well. They were going to the playoffs. They were winning divisions. And then his injuries when things go bad is when your love of something really get tested, right? Your love of your wife doesn't get tested, or at least it shouldn't on your honeymoon. When you're dating someone, the first couple months are usually the best. When does it get hard? I would imagine in marriage, when a kid gets in trouble, when a kid gets sick, when someone loses their job, when you have financial troubles, that's when you find out how much you love someone, right? You find out like, I wouldn't want to be in the relationship with any other person. You don't learn when the times are the best. No different in business. When everyone's making money, everything's great. What's your business partnership like when Corona hits and you got to fight like living hell to keep your uh, financial head above water? That's when you learn who you want to be in business with. Here's what I know about Tom Brady. When shit hits the fan, I want to be in a bunker with that guy. Peyton Manning, obviously, you just 
The guy's work ethic was unmatched. Drew Brees, Mahomes, like these guys, you want to roll with these guys when times are tough. I said it over Corona, they replayed the AFC Championship game from 2018, the one where D Ford jumped off sides. And part of it, when you watch a game live, you're just living in it and then you react. When you rewatch a game, you can kind of take a step back, rewatching a game for a guy like Mahomes, who then had had three years in the league. I remember coming on this very show and saying, it was pretty clear watching that game when Mahomes was getting peppered. He willed his team to overtime. That was an incredible performance, even in a loss. Like, you go back and you watch that game, you go, it was clear Mahomes had it. Like, whatever it is, just draw a huge IT on his back because he had it. If you just watch, rewatch that game. And knowing what you know about Mahomes now, you'd be like, oh, I get it. I, I see it. <laughs> yeah. We, now, he was the MVP of the league that year, but what I'm saying is they lost the game, and you learn more from losses typically than you do wins in any walk of life. But I think here was the thing with Trevor Lawrence, why he had no choice but to walk it back. Not because it was going to put his being the number one pick in jeopardy, but you're kind of compared as a player to your draft class. And when you look at the draft class of quarterbacks, and we'll get into Mac Jones where he's actually going to go, but let's just start with Mac Jones. Goes to Alabama when they had multiple NFL quarterbacks. When he got there, Jalen Hurts was the starting quarterback who ended up being a second-round pick. Tua was like the franchise, was the next you-know-what right behind him. In a day and age when every fucking person known to man, the moment they don't play in basketball or football, goes in that transfer portal, he didn't. He stuck it out. He let the dust settle, the chaos ensue, one guy transfers, another guy gets hurt, boom, he comes in, and now we're talking about him being like a top 10 pick. I give the kid a lot of credit. Because you can't tell me, even though like the third stringer at Alabama can't transfer to some Power 5 program and start. He could have. You look at Zach Wilson. I didn't know this, but just listening to podcasts and different people, he used to drive eight hours, and I've done it when I was scouting. Provo, Utah, Los Angeles. Good trek. <laughs> Takes a while. Actually, I, I hate to admit this. My mom would kill me. One time I was checking my phone on the, I forget the freeway. But it's basically this long freeway that goes from Provo, Utah. I can't remember if it goes. It goes Utah State, then Utah, then BYU maybe. And then you work your way down to Vegas. I might have Provo and Salt Lake City mixed up. But this long drive, long stretch of highway. I looked at my phone. I vivid, I don't remember two weeks ago, but I vividly remember this. And this would have been in 2012. Looking at my phone, looking back up, I was in the Honda Accord. I was in the complete other lane, oncoming traffic coming at me. Luckily, the it was a semi, was still relatively far away, but your your just kind of instincts kick in, and I kind of yank it back. It just it could have been really bad. <laughs> Let's just say that I, I'm not very religious, but it's just one of those things you never. I've had a couple moments like that in a car, just over my life, where you just go, listen, I, I don't, I'm not trying to preach here, but is someone watching over me because we could have done about you know, seven flips on the side of the freeway, and it could have been bye-bye John. But this guy used to make that drive, like the scouting community, to go see John Beck and train in the offseason during corona just to work on the guy's skills. So you can't convince me Zach Wilson is not an all-in football guy. You're making that drive. And then you hear these stories about he needed some money, even though I thought he came from money. He just worked DoorDash. Maybe he's just an up-and-coming entrepreneur. He's just working DoorDash. 
while he's staying in LA and even when he was at BYU. Like, I, I just like everything I hear about this kid. And clearly, you know, some of the immature stuff, and I've said this for a while at BYU, their standards are higher than every other standards, right? There, there is no such thing as premarital sex at BYU. That's, that's part of the code. Maybe that's not what it's called, but you sign this thing. You're not allowed to do that. Can you, I don't know about you, but in my college, that was like pretty normal. <laughs> I mean, it's a pretty normal thing in society, especially for football players. Newsflash, most of them are having a lot of sex. So like that's something to get you. I remember Brandon Davies was a basketball player. I think on the Jimmer teams, he got kicked out of school. I think his girlfriend at the time got pregnant. It's not allowed. So their standards like at USC, at Alabama, at Texas, that's, that's called a normal Tuesday. Like this, you get in trouble for having sex, let alone drinking. Let it like it, their standards are super high. So when I hear some of these things, you know, he could be prickly his first two years, like relative to what? You know, you have to hold, like, their institution just operates differently than most of these schools, right? And then you go to Justin Fields. I give this guy so much credit because in the fall, when when the SEC and the ACC and the Big 12 said, we're playing football, as they should have, the Big 10, the academic elite said, we're not playing. And the Pac-12, the followers that they are, just followed the Big 10. And Justin Fields says, and listen, the media can say whatever they want right now. They applauded that. That was applauded by the sports media. Do not play. Woo-hoo-hoo! That We cannot change history. I had a front row seat, social media. All of them said, better safe than sorry. The Big Ten's doing the right thing. Justin Fields said, screw that. He was openly advocating for playing. And he obviously had a big platform. And he was screaming as loud as everyone could hear. I give him a lot of credit. You don't do that unless you really want to play football because it, it was not the cool thing to do in the little, like it was for the players. The players wanted to play, even though the media didn't want them to play or the presidents. It was a bizarre time. I never understood it. The SEC was already six games in and the Pac-12 was like, oh, guess we'll play. Well, guess, so it's not about science. You guys are just doing kind of, you're just picking and choosing what you do. I give Justin Fields a lot of credit on that one. And, Trey Lance. I didn't know that much about Trey Lance, smaller school guy. But the one thing you noticed if you watched a draft special was he desperately, and I guess you wouldn't notice if you didn't watch the draft special, but I noticed watching the draft special. And if you read about him, you find out that he wanted to play quarterback at University of Minnesota. And he was a really good high school quarterback. For whatever reason, though, Minnesota would not offer him to play quarterback. They said he could play another position. He said, no, I want to play quarterback. And he was devastated when Minnesota, the place he wanted to go, did not offer him a scholarship to play quarterback. So he had so much conviction in his own beliefs, he turned down a power five to play another position, which a lot of guys do, to go play at North Dakota State. Now, in the North Dakota State bubble, that place is a powerhouse. They win national championship after national championship after national championship. And when he's drafted, and my gut says he goes to San Francisco with the number three overall pick. He will be the second North Dakota State quarterback to go in the top five in the last six years. Obviously, Carson Wentz, now him. Well, uh, Easton Stick was drafted last year, in the or two years ago, in the fifth round from North Dakota State. He was wearing a shirt on his pro day on Monday that said, quarterback you. Like, it is a powerhouse. But it's not, Minnesota's in the Big Ten. Think who they play. Wisconsin, uh, obviously Michigan, Ohio State. Like, that's, 
He turned down that to go play quarterback, and it worked out. So you got Zach Wilson, who drives eight hours to go see a quarterback coach in Corona. You got Justin Fields, who's fighting the media and the school presidents, calling them all idiots, saying he wants to play. You got Mac Jones, who everyone transfers this day and age, refuses to transfer, and ends up becoming a Heisman Trophy candidate. And you got Trey Lance, that went to Division One AA because his belief to play quarterback. And then you got Trevor Lawrence, the best prospect of the group, being like, yeah, you know, football, you know, we'll see, we'll see where it goes. Sounds like a dude from South, a surfer from Southern California, like, just you know, man, just see where the day takes me. I feel I like it, but you never know, man. It's like, Trevor, man, this is serious. And I think the people at Clemson would be like, you guys are making too much of this. We've seen this guy work. We've we, This guy has given us everything humanly possible these last three years. And, and, and I, I hate, I judge people by their actions. Not, the word, there's nothing more hollow than words. Never more than now, too, with all these social platforms. They mean fucking nothing. And if you just based on your actions, Trevor Lawrence has checked every box his whole career. The only question I would have, some of these guys have had to fight some adversity, right? Mac Jones had to sit. Trey Lance had to go to a little school. Zach Wilson just didn't play that well his first couple years. It's not, BYU wasn't that good when he first started. Justin Fields, they didn't even name him the starter of Georgia, had to transfer. Now, a little like Joe Burrow, like, yeah, he had to transfer. Yeah, he, he went to Ohio State. So... I, I do think Trevor Lawrence, like, smart by him to, to to kind of backtrack. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. They help you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Did you know 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites? LinkedIn's the only one I use. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N. That's linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Sometimes it's a struggle between buying what you want over buying what you need. But with the Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card, you can do both. You earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you can earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. Earn 2% cash rewards 
on what you want, like those new golf clubs you've been eyeing, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a divot repair tool for after you've torn up your lawn. Let's try that again. Earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like workout equipment for your home, and then earn 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller to soothe your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the active cash credit card. It's ready when you are. With unlimited 2% cash rewards, the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Bridgestone tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Bridgestone, test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Uh, I I wanted to do a little draft scuttlebutt. Some things that I'm hearing, some things that I believe. I just wrote down different things and that that I think might be possible as of recording this on Monday, April 19th, the draft's right around the corner. So I, I think the hardest part about this year, like, listen, I, I like to gamble. I would not place a bet on the number three overall pick. I know multiple people that would know what the Niners are doing. I wouldn't at, They wouldn't tell me right now if I paid them. I obviously couldn't pay them enough for the information, but this notion, I, I talked to multiple teams over the weekend just texting with different buddies everyone's guessing. People don't know. And again, I gamble. I would not place a wager, maybe a hundred bucks or whatever, but like a substantial wager. I I would not place like a thousand dollar bet on any of the three guys. Mac Jones, Justin Fields, Trey Lance. My gut kind of says Trey Lance. I had Joel Klatt on my other podcast with Guy last week. He kind of convinced me Justin Fields. I don't know what to think. I don't think it's Mac Jones, but I'm not going to be shell-shocked if it is. I don't know. It just, it's, it's pretty crazy. It's one of the more wild stories in recent memory that we have this crazy trade-up and no one knows who they're going to take. It makes the draft cool. I think the NFL loves it. I've said over and over, I think this is going to be the highest-rated NFL draft, potentially in the history of drafts. I, I think it's going to be berserk. <laughs> think about the first two picks. New York's the number one media market. San Francisco, the greater Bay Area, is like top five. The Niners, from a fan base standpoint, have to have... I mean, they're probably top five of actual human fans that are fans of the team. You'd probably go the New York Giants, Packers, Steelers. I mean, those two teams, I've seen, been to multiple games in San Francisco and Oakland. When the Steelers or Packers come, it's a home game for them. Their fan bases are stupid. Like, the Packers fan base, it's it's massive. But I, I just think the amount of people that are going to be, Atlanta's a pretty big market, Think about some of the top teams. New England sniffing around. Washington. All the big markets are up to stuff. This draft's going to be huge. 
One thing that a buddy told me this weekend, and I've just I've been thinking this. He said, you know, something came up in our draft room we've been discussing, and I think it's probably being discussed in a lot of draft rooms. Mac Jones. If he is not picked by the Niners, are we sure he goes in like the top 15? Because I'll tell you this. I'm not. I don't think he's a lock. Is it, and is it one of those things that like as he's falling, oh my God, the Mac Jones tumble. When Aaron Rodgers tumbled in the draft, that was a tumble because he almost went number one. If Mac Jones doesn't go number three overall, there's a chance he was never going to go three overall. It was just a complete fabrication by the team or teams through the sports media who every single year get played like a fiddle during this time of year. Yet everyone believes it. Everyone freaks out. It's the same thing that happens every year. So if Mac Jones does not get drafted by the Niners, If I'm the Carolina Panthers, I would rather work with Sam Darnold than draft Mac Jones. If I'm the Denver Broncos, I'm not wasting my big bullet on a quarterback on Mac Jones. And Elway, I know he's not necessarily a decision maker anymore, but if I'm John Elway, I go to General Patton, George Payton, and say, listen, man, we ain't taking Mac Jones. I think there's a chance. What if the Patriots don't take Mac Jones? Like, are Are we sure Mac Jones is going in the top 20? Just something to keep an eye on. Something that's out there. Something to think about. I think a lot of people in the league, and I saw Albert Breer wrote about this, think that there's a very, very decent chance that Kyle Pitts goes number four to the Atlanta Falcons. And I, I think he's basically viewed as, once upon a time, the Falcons traded up for Julio Jones. It's one of the you know defining moments of the last couple decades for the franchise. It was an incredible move. They traded up all these picks from the 20s and drafted a Hall of Famer. A dominant player who ever they've had some major moments as a franchise, and he's been their best player. So I and I think this guy could be viewed as equally as good and probably more unique. I think they end up taking Kyle Pitts. Jalen Phillips, the pass rusher, he went to UCLA, he got some concussions, ends up at Miami, I think is easily viewed as the most talented pass rusher in this draft. This is not the last couple years, there's been the Bosa's. There's been Josh Allen. Uh, there have been really good pass rushers taken relatively high. Same with interior pass rushers, right? Quinn and Williams. Uh, I'm trying to think off the top of my head, but it feels like there have been a lot of defensive linemen in the last couple of years. It does not feel that's the case this year. There is no lock defensive linemen going in the top 10, which is not normal. Usually we see several defensive linemen go in the top 10. I don't think Jalen Phillips is necessarily going to go in the top 10, but I think he's very good chance he's the first defensive lineman off the board. But he's a very risky pick concussions, transfer guy, still relatively young, very, very very talented. Micah Parsons. I think he's widely viewed as probably just the most complete defensive prospect. I think there are elements to him, though, a little bit, now he's a better prospect. I'm not trying to compare him to Isaiah Simmons. But I think he has this, he's a stand-up linebacker who has pass rush ability To me, he's going to be a little dependent on the defensive coordinator. If he gets with the right defensive coordinator, the sky's the limit, and he could be a consistent pro bowler. Now, again, I'm not comparing him to Isaiah Simmons where he does have a true position. I think Isaiah Simmons could get a little lost out there, and a lot of my friends who know what they're talking about believed he was the most overrated prospect last year in the draft, and he had moments where he couldn't even get on the field as a rookie. And I said the whole time, like, Vance Joseph, check his resume, not a great fit. But I think if Micah Parsons can get with the right defensive coordinator, watch out. It could be a wrap because this guy could dominate. 
But I, I just don't see him like like the Bosa brothers or Miles Garrett, right? If you, you could put the me and you could be the defensive line coach or defensive coordinator if we got one of those guys, they're gonna be a great player. To me, there are certain defensive linemen who are plug and play guys. I'd even say a middle linebacker like a Luke Keekley. If I was the defensive coordinator and I got Luke Keekley, Luke Keekley still would have been Luke Keekley. But there are certain players, definitely it happens with corners. And any linebacker to me, not a middle linebacker, like, again, Keekley's one of the more rare prospects probably the last couple decades. You do need to play in the right system. And system really dictates a lot of guys on defense. We're on offense. If I'm Kyle Pitts, I don't give a shit what you're running. Run me on three or four routes. No one's covering me, right? Running back sometimes, like, if you're a one-cut running back, the zone scheme is better than some of the power gap schemes. It just is. And some guys can't do the zone scheme. They're more kind of, they dance around. So having the right scheme with certain players is really big. Uh, I've been saying this for a while. I feel pretty confident on this one. I don't think Devontae Smith will be the first wide receiver from his own team drafted. I think Devontae Smith, there are going to be three skill guys taken ahead of Devontae Smith. And one's going to be a teammate. Kyle Pitts, Jamar Chase, and Jalen Waddell. Like, people get mad when I say this. Devontae Smith, the league views him as a 4-5-0 guy. Which, again, he plays fast, but he weighs 170 pounds. Now, he's still going to get drafted high because he's a great football player. And you can't make too much of how fast a guy is on combine or whatever, even though he never ran. How much he weighs. Because he's had that playing weight his whole career. And he's dominated. But it is concerning. Like, it's not nothing. It is a red flag. Now, not all red flags are created equal, right? Alden Smith just got got arrested or got a warrant out for his arrest. He's a walking red flag as a human being. Certain people are just kind of red flags as players, right? Mac Jones, is he athletic enough? Like, that's a red flag. Devontae Smith, weighs 170 pounds. It's a red flag. Now, he's an incredible human. He's a great player. It's just one of those things, like, if, if Devontae Smith weighed 185 pounds, he'd be a locked top 10 pick. But if he does not go in the top 12 picks, it's going to be because of his weight and, and his speed. Like last year, Henry Ruggs went to the combine and ran a 4.28. Henry Ruggs is an elite athlete. Think like Russell Westbrook, right? Think, think like the best athletes in the world. That's Henry Ruggs. That's not necessarily Devontae Smith. And so to me, if I'm going to draft a guy that's 170 pounds, 170 pounds, who's not like the twitchiest athlete in the game. Like Part of why Deshaun Jackson was so great, he was one of the most explosive athletes in the history of the league. And Deshaun weighed about 168, 170 pounds. But he's the fastest motherfucker every time he put on his cleats. He was ex- His explosion, his twitchiness were stupid. That's not this guy. That's Henry Ruggs. It's really more Jalen Waddell. is much twitchier than Devontae. And I think sometimes fans struggle with like, but he won the Heisman. He caught all these balls. The NFL doesn't care. I think Daniel Jeremiah does a pretty good job. Sometimes he tweets out these nuggets like, guys, no one cares about college awards. And really college production can be very hit or miss. I remember one thing Lewis Riddick taught me, I remember is like, you got to be very careful with just sacks with college players. Like he had nine sacks. And then you go look, well, five of them came against a division one double A team and another team with the worst right tackle you've ever seen. Like, really, he has four sacks that would translate, right? So you got to be careful with that. I remember Khalil Mack, his first game, his senior year against Ohio State, it was like, oh, he had three sacks against Taylor Decker. 
who was a first-round pick. It's like, damn, this guy's probably going to be pretty good. Cleo Mack turned out to be pretty good. The Rams, they have this draft house. <laughs> they basically sponsored a house. If you haven't seen it, Google Rams Rocket Mortgage House on Malibu. They're doing their draft from this mansion on the water. It's just incredible. I don't even I don't even know what to say. You can't even make this shit up. Like, what, who even thinks of these ideas? I'll tell you, super rich people. Like, Cronky, Kevin Demoff, Rocket Mortgage. Kind of genius. Like, I honestly, it's pretty cool. It, it's pretty awesome. Bama, the other thing, I this is not necessarily on the draft, but Alabama, I watched some highlights from their spring game. It's incredible how much offensive talent started coming through there. If I was a college, or I was going to be an elite wide receiver or a quarterback... Without hesitation, I would choose Nick Saban over everybody. His coaching now of the quarterbacks, he's going to have back-to-back guys. Even if even if Mac Jones ends up going 18, for Mac Jones to end up in the first round of the NFL draft, if I would have told you that six months ago, you would have thought I was high. Obviously, Tua went five, all these wide receivers. Najee's going to get drafted in the first round. Derrick Henry is one of the best players in the NFL. If you're a college skill guy, it was forever. It's like, Defensive players and offensive linemen, they went to Alabama. Now it's like wide receivers and quarterbacks on top of all those other guys. There is no other place you'd want to go. It is 100% undisputable, not arguable, the number one football factory in the country for every position. Like there is nothing they can't do. You want offensive linemen? They've been doing it for a decade. You want defensive players? They've been doing it for a decade. You want sweet wide receivers? Well, they used to get one every two years, right? Or three years. Julio, then Amari. Now they've just stacked the deck. They're going to have four guys go in the top 15 in two years. They had a guy, Mechie, who's going to be awesome. They had another true freshman that I watched in their spring game that had incredible catches. Just the amount of offensive talent, because it used to be like, you know, LSU has more skilled guys. Bama's just a better team. That ain't the case anymore. Same with Georgia. It was like, you know, the, the A.J. Greens, they get the, the running backs. No, the Gurleys. No, it's, they're Bama. <laughs> Bama's got that market corner, and it's all Saban. If you're an Alabama fan listening to this, and it's not like I'm telling you anything you don't know, you because now he's getting up there in age. Now he still loves it, and I, I watched him kind of go off on a reporter. Like, I, he, clearly football, he's a, talk about a junkie, that's Saban. He is, you know, late 60s. Like, this probably isn't going to last, I'd say, five years max. It could probably end any given year moving forward. I'd really enjoy these next couple years. Because you might win a couple more championships. Now, the crazy part is, like, he doesn't get bored winning championships. Partly because it never gets boring winning in any walk of life. Um, So, yeah, those are a couple draft scuttlebutts. I, I, I just wanted to give this guy a little love because he officially retired today. And I... I I really think he's going to go down as having one of the most unique careers in NFL history. He goes from the guy that the Niners chose instead of Aaron Rodgers and being a complete draft bust to resurrecting his career and taking the San Francisco 49ers to the NFC Championship game against Eli Manning and the Giants, who they ended up losing that game because Kyle Williams muffed a punt, to getting Wally Pipp the following year by Kaepernick, who led that team to a Super Bowl, who then goes to play for Andy Reid and helps resurrect the Chiefs with Andy and make them just a high-level playoff-winning franchise, to then kind of getting Wally Pipps the wrong word, but replaced by, I don't know, the greatest young quarterback we've ever seen, 
to go to Washington, who was one of the most dysfunctional franchises ever. And before his leg got snapped, they were 6-2 and two with Alex Smith. I, I just don't think you see that many Alex Smiths. You know, a guy who really every adjective that you'd want to describe yourself is everything that anyone that's ever been around him would use to describe him, right? I mean, toughness is, honestly, that sounds like a complete understatement. If you ever watched the 60 on him, he, he had to get a the, you know, congressional whatever, the White House, the the Secretary of Defense to sign off on his ability to go to a place in Texas where wounded warriors go to rehab. That's how bad his leg injury was. And a guy with nothing to prove, money is no obstacle. The, the thing I personally respect the most about any human being in any walk of life is when you don't do it for the money and you're already super rich. Like when Tiger Woods won the Master in 2019, after he went through back fusions, and if you ever read the Wright Thompson article on Tiger, when he was in his lowest point in like the 2014, 2015, 2016, he'd hit the ground and, and have to cry or yell for his daughter to call for help because he couldn't get up because his back would just lock. And that is like, I mean, that's just an injury, right? But then to have your leg, for them to think about amputating it like Alex, and if you watch the special, if it wasn't for his wife, he almost said, yeah, cut it off. It was that bad. So toughness, the word grit, which Angela Duckworth said is the most defining attribute of any successful person, it all, again, it feels like not enough, like not a strong enough word to describe this human being. Inspirational, you watch that documentary, but to me, if you just followed his career, with at one point in time when he played for the 49ers, Candlestick chanted David Carr on a Sunday night football game to replace Alex. To go from a guy that leads the 49ers to an NFC championship game. I guess he didn't lead him, but I mean he was the quarterback of the team. To having one of the best coaches of the last 20, 30 years, Andy Reid. And I know because when I was in Philadelphia, we tried to sign him as a backup quarterback. Then Andy ended up trading him for him in Kansas City. They went from having the number one pick in the draft with Eric Fisher to the next year. I think they won 11 or 12 games. And they were in the playoffs the very next year. And then he had that, you know, four or five year stretch in Kansas City where it was just like good football player. He was just a very, very good football player. And listen, he'll always be known as the guy that was taken instead of Aaron Rodgers. And Aaron's going to go down as one of the great quarterbacks in the history of the league. But to me, the coolest part about his conversation, definitely before the major injury, is that he not only resurrected his career, but he gave it a lot of like credibility. Like, no, I'm a legitimate top like 12 quarterback in this league. Am I Aaron Rodgers? Of course not. Am I better than the majority of the quarterbacks that you guys root for? Hell yeah. Did I consistently beat those guys? I did. And to me, he's a great example of someone... He had to have the toughness. He had to have the grit. And anyone, I mean, just knowing a lot of the guys, Nagy and Andy that worked with him in Kansas City, how intelligent the guy was. Because I think the best part about the NFL is it parallels life like this. It Where you start is completely irrelevant. 
it, it is complete. You can be the number one overall draft pick and be washed out. I mean, I, I've seen it multiple times, like in my own backyard. Solomon Thomas was the number three pick in the draft. Now he's on the Raiders, and he's just not any good. Alex Smith was the number one pick in the draft. He was a bust. The dust settles. He was going to go down $190 million, several playoff victories. That's how that happened. <laughs> because he was just relentless. He never tapped out. And clearly, he... One thing I think a lot of players, probably in all sports, struggle with is truly understanding your weaknesses. Because a lot of times when you acknowledge your weakness, it's a very vulnerable thing to do. Like, you know, my arm's actually not good enough to make that throw. People don't like acknowledging their weaknesses. You know, actually, I'm probably not the best-looking guy in this bar. I probably shouldn't be wearing this skin-tight button-up shirt, right? Know who you are. The quicker in life I believe you know who you are and you play to your strengths, the more successful you can be. Whether you're a businessman, a salesman, a teacher, a quarterback, whatever you are, the quicker you figure that out, the more the sky is the limit. Because you can just embrace what you're actually good at and master that. And what did Alex master? He never had this hose. He was not going to be able to throw deep go routes. What he could do is be extremely accurate and understand the defense that you were going to run because the prep work he put in and master his own offense, whether that was with Harbaugh or whether that was with Andy or even the eight games that he played for Jay Gruden. His intellect plus his toughness were elite. His arm strength, and it's just his arm, was average at best relative to the great quarterbacks, right? Relative to the guy he got compared to, Aaron. Aaron's arm is a 10 out of 10. Alex's is probably like a 6. But Alex made himself really like he was never going to be a 10 out of 10, like a Rodgers or a Mahomes. But he made himself into like an 8 as a quarterback. A guy that you could win 10, 11, 12 games with and give you a chance to win playoff games. That's more than 90% of the quarterbacks in the NFL can say. And he did that because he, he figured out what his strengths were. Think of the people that believed in him in his career. Urban Meyer, Jim Harbaugh, Andy Reid. Like, that's not just like a bunch of nobodies there. It's got to say something. And again, back to the, to the documentary on his leg. Whether you like sports, obviously if you're listening to this, you do. But you didn't need to to watch that and come away and go, that, that, that's one of the most powerful things I've ever watched in my life. I don't know if I could watch a documentary on a human being and respect them anymore when the thing ended, as you did by watching that about Alex. And just the the grit, the toughness, the just the mental toughness. And, and obviously physically he's tough, but to mentally not snap and then to come back. Now, I, I never felt comfortable with his comeback. I, I, I felt really uncomfortable the first game he came in when they were playing the Rams this year and Aaron Donald jumped on his back. I mean, I felt like my heart kind of dropped because I'm just an Alex fan as a human being, let alone as a player. But I, I don't know if we'll ever see anything quite like that again. And hopefully not. I mean, you, you wouldn't wish, Alex, I'm sure, wouldn't wish that injury on any human being. But it's just, they, they, they should rename the most improved player or the, the comeback player of the year award. That, that should be, that's a BP fastball for Roger. I'd have that thing changed by draft night. The Alex Smith Award. That, that to me is easy. 
because you you will never see a comeback situation quite like what Alex Smith did this year. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Sometimes it's a struggle between buying what you want over buying what you need. But with the Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card, you can do both. You earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you can earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. Earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like those new golf clubs you've been eyeing, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a divot repair tool for after you've torn up your lawn. Let's try that again. Earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like workout equipment for your home, and then earn 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller to soothe your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash credit card. It's ready when you are. With unlimited 2% cash rewards, the Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash activecash. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Kumo Tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you, or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Kumo test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about an American-made success story in Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. Black Buffalo's nicotine pouches are not owned by Big Tobacco. They're an independent company proudly built right here in the USA for 21 and over adult consumers. Black Buffalo was built by dippers with decades of smokeless tobacco use. They believed the market wanted tobacco alternative nicotine products that offered the best of both worlds. Bold flavor, full pouches. What are they made of? It's pretty simple. Cured edible green leaves, food grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical grade nicotine. Most importantly, there's no tobacco leaf or stem. All proudly made right here in the USA. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco, and want to join the Black Buffalo Herd, 
Head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online, and they ship directly to most states. Or check out the store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. Okay, let's dive into the Middlecoff mailbag. At John Middlecoff is my Instagram handle. Slide up into those DMs. You get your question answered here on the podcast. You say slide into your DMs. So here's my question from Kyle. I've been bombarded with every detail on these five quarterbacks that could be drafted in the first round for weeks with no dog in the race as a Browns fan. But all the talk between hearing you and Colin Daly has me thinking. Is it possible that the Niners actually want Zach Wilson and are trying to beef up the image of Mac Jones so they can fool a more more gullible franchise like the Jets into switching and taking a worse player? I know the Jags and Urban are too smart to fall for this. Let's pump the brakes on Urban. I hear you. Uh, but are the Jets? From all the talk, I think it's the only way. The Mac Jones hype machine makes sense. Thanks in advance. I, I I would red flag. I like where you're going. I like where you're thinking. We always got a question because there's a lot of weird shit going on just in general with the Mac Jones hype. I, I, I Here would be the problem. Robert Sala has known Kyle Shanahan for a decade and worked with him for the last four years. They're very good friends. LaFleur, I always get Matt LaFleur, or Mike LaFleur, whatever LaFleur is not the head coach of the Packers, his brother is the offensive coordinator with Robert Sala. The head coach of the Packers, LaFleur, the other LaFleur, was Robert Sala's best man at his wedding. That guy is really tight with Kyle. LaFleur, that's the OC with the Jets, has been on Kyle's staff for like the last seven, eight years. They know each other too well. So there is no fooling... Like, the LaFleur with the Jets knows what Kyle's doing. Also, Mike McDaniels and LaFleur have been like this. Now, Mike McDaniels is the only guy left with Kyle. I just think there's too much institutional knowledge with the two franchises now. And Joe Douglas makes the picks. Joe Douglas came from the Eagles, where he won a Super Bowl. Came from the Ravens, where he won a Super Bowl. Like, Joe Douglas, I I don't think is the village idiot here. So, I I hear what you're saying. And I, I do think there's something there with... The Mac hype from the Niners, though I don't know if it's in relation to mess with the Jets. That would be my take. When an agent helps a player sign a contract in the NFL, the bloated numbers always come out and confuse people. Does an agent get paid their percentage from the guaranteed money or from the total? As in, if a player earned all his incentives, would the agent then make more? I'm pretty sure the answer is yes. The way I understand it, and I dealt with NFL agents representing me when I worked in uh, Tannenbaum and some of his guys, they have uh, priority first. They run an NFL, they represent players. They also do coaches and broadcast people now. Uh, Honestly, for me, I I like Mike. It was kind of a waste of money. Like I could have just negotiated the deal on my own. Ever since then, I've done that. Uh, but I think it's pretty necessary for a lot of players. And a lot of media don't know what they're doing in business. Not saying I did five or six years ago. Learned throughout the process. And the thing with media, a lot of these media members, you know, making a couple hundred thousand dollars, they're paying 10%. As a player, you pay like 2% or 3%, depending on what you negotiate. 
I'm pretty sure a player is paid based on what they get. So regardless of what the funny numbers say, if I receive $50 million over three years, I pay the agent based on that money. And if I'm cut the next year and don't see the other $30 million of my $80 million contract, obviously I don't owe it. But you pay on what you earn. And obviously in the NFL, it changes, right? Bonuses, guaranteed money. It's kind of, uh, it's just up in the air. I Personally, for me, the, the agent, and I like those guys. Like, they were cool. I, I didn't mind dealing with them. But it just didn't, I, I, some of these media members have agents. And I get it. Like, I listen, I, I'm not a normal, I'm not trying to work at ESPN or Fox. So I, I guess it doesn't matter. But I, I think a lot of people in the media get taken to the cleaners. Maybe it makes sense for like the Collins, the Daniel Jeremiah's that are making huge cash. But a lot of guys at the lower end, I mean, 10%. Imagine, imagine signing a $100,000 contract and paying someone 10% net. That's net. So, you know, you make $100,000, you get really what? 70? Well, you got to pay 10 out of the 70. That's the thing. Agents get net cash. Right, you get taxed even as a player on, you know, you get $50 million. Let's say two years, $50 million, so 25-25. Well, you don't receive $50 million, but you owe your agent 2% of the $50 million, whatever the percentage is, of the net money. <laughs> That's it's a good deal, right? It's a good deal. It's the great part about, in you know, starting your own business, getting revenue. Like, you control the actual cash, the gross and the net, all yours. Uh, I see where all you uh, small businessmen out there, uh, it's a good life once you get the revenue sources flowing in. Love the pod. Kind of case in point to the argument about taking an O-line first round and having a wide receiver talent later. Thought it was an interesting post by the Steelers. So this guy sent me a post. These Steeler draft picks worked out well. In 98, they took uh, Alan Fanica. And then they drafted Heinz Ward later. Yeah, I mean, I would just go offensive line first. I mean, it's just, it, it just makes sense. It really does. Now, ideally, you just want to get good players, but, you know, it's hard to get great offensive linemen later in the draft. If you can draft a guy, David DeCastro has been good for them. You can draft staple players and get kind of, you know, skill guys, definitely in the second and third round. I think the Steelers have had a ton of success on that, right? Juju, the little kid, uh, Deontay Thompson, that can fly. Isn't he a third rounder? They took James Washington, who kind of came on the last last year, uh, in the second round, I think, from Oklahoma State. Steelers, I mean, they, they are fantastic because they just nail all these second and third round picks. My question for the mailbag is, do you think the Patriots should trade up for a quarterback this year, I'm a Patriots fan, and I want them to trade up for a quarterback because they don't, I don't think they will ever pick as high as 15. I think if they want to get an elite quarterback prospect on a rookie deal, this is their chance to do it. Obviously, they would have to like the quarterbacks left on the board when they pick. Well, to me, it'd be this. It would be they trade with Atlanta for the fourth pick, and Atlanta would have to be cool with going four to 15. Now, if you're Atlanta, new coach, new GM, you go to 15, what does it cost you to get to 15 to four? Well, it cost Kyle Shanahan to go from 12 to 3, 12, two other first-rounders, and a third-rounder. Could you get Bills? Could the deal be, give us 15, give us next year's first-rounder, and give us another second-rounder? So you basically get a first and a second-rounder on top of, you know, moving back however many nine spots. 
or I guess it's 11 spots. But, you know, if if you love Justin Fields, let's say the Niners take Trey Lance, do you do that? Let, or do you love Trey Lance and the Niners take Justin Fields? If they take Mac Jones, both those guys are on the board. That's what's the cool part about this draft. I live in the Bay Area. I know multiple people in the Niners front office. I got no fucking clue who they're taking. None. <laughs> I mean, none. So it's just, I, and I'm texting around the league. I don't think a lot of people have a great feel. There are educated guesses, but I don't think people know for certain. And the Niners, the last several years, I heard, I was in the car this morning uh, driving from Santa Cruz, and I heard Coward going on kind of a rant that me and Guy talk about on my other podcast a lot. Like, the Niners do not leak with Kyle and John Lynch. That has not been their style. That, that has been a, a hallmark staple of the Shanahan-Lynch era. Has been very Belichickian. Now, he's not like Belichick when they do get in front of the mic. They're unlike Bill, they're very candid and open. But they do not play games with the media. They, they realize something that a lot of teams don't realize. The, the media is not that important. <laughs> like, just win games, do good shit, and like the media is kind of irrelevant. They can write whatever they want. You and Kyle, part maybe it's growing up around Mike Shanahan, and Mike used the media. Mike was famous for using the media. Kyle's not big on that. John Lynch, I don't think cares, right? They're not, they're not really insecure. They're both rich. Like a lot of people that use the media, I think either two, they they play the game a little bit, which is natural. There's nothing wrong with it. Some some coaches just like dealing with media people. I, hell, I know a lot of media people. I interact with them all day, every day, right? I, I there's a small handful that I that I like. A lot of them I despise, but you know I I do get it. But the Niners just don't play. I don't. I just don't think Kyle Shanahan gives a shit what's written. What's definitely what's tweeted. <laughs> like one thing I have realized since uh, deleting Twitter off my phone, it is irrelevant. Like you go out in society. I, I went to work out. And you just have conversations. I see a guy, this big Niner fan, he comes up, we start bullshitting. No one has any clue if you just don't look at it. It's like this own little world that's just a fake little world. And I think social media, if you're on it, it's like, oh my God, all this shit's happening. Well, the majority of humans are not on Twitter. It, Twitter, actually, of all the social media apps, is by far the least powerful. It has the least amount of users. And then the amount of users that actually use it, like people that actually tweet... It's tiny. 80, 80 plus percent of adults are not on it. But the media, they, they live on it and they just tweet and they think it's a big deal. If I was a coach and it's hard, they, they wouldn't know. They would never look at it like from my perspective. I would tell you that there is not a more irrelevant arena of conversation in American history than Twitter. So I, I wouldn't pay much attention to anything we're reading. Is it premature to say the Giants are the best team coming out of the NFC East? After free agency, I feel like we're the most complete team going this season. Uh, from Dave, my question would be, is Daniel Jones any good? Because I'm with you. Their defense is going to be solid. They add some offensive weapons. Uh, they have a couple good draft picks. But what if Daniel Jones just averaged a below? <laughs> You're fucked. I think the Washington football team, if Fitzpatrick can just build off last year's season and just kind of match it, I'd probably take them. Now, if you tell me Daniel Jones has a huge step and is like, you know, top 15, you know, between like 15, 14 quarterback in the NFL, 
I'd be like, yeah, you guys should make the playoffs. If you tell me Daniel Jones is like the 26th best starting quarterback in the NFL, I'd say you're in trouble. Because your offensive line isn't good enough, even if Saquon comes back fully healthy, for you just to dominate on the ground. And if your quarterback's not any good, we saw it last year, like he turns the ball over too much. He fumbles it a lot. He throws a lot of picks. You know, he's talented. He's athletic. I actually think he's got a pretty good arm. At times he's accurate. At times he makes great throws. And then there's other times you're like, is that the worst throw I've ever seen? To me, he's just... It's hard to say you're in the division kind of sucks. Let's be real. But I have a hard time with Daniel Jones. Now, maybe Daniel Jones has a big year. When are we going to address the elephant in the room? Tom Brady is a known cheater. I'm going to push back on that. From deflated balls to spying on other teams, the stuff about avocado ice cream is crap. I'm not saying he doesn't work harder than anyone else, but seriously, the reason he is good at 42 is that he is cheating, taking drugs to to help him stay young. Just like Lance Armstrong, who was the hardest working cyclist in the world, but good drugs to give him an extra edge. Well, here's where my pushback would be. Lance Armstrong never won a Tour de France without steroids. Then he gets testicular cancer. Now, he was a great athlete, but he gets test, and he was a good cyclist, but then he became a champion on the drugs. Tom Brady kicked the shit out of everyone in the 2000s. In 2007, when he was drinking beer and eating onion rings, he didn't start the TB12 method till like five, six, seven years ago. Now, you can say it maybe is BS. What would, he's not muscle bound. He's gotten slimmer. What, what would be his, like, big advantage? Deflated balls. We saw him, they put, took the deflated balls at halftime. He beat the shit out of the Colts in the second half. I actually think the thing that aged the worst in the Deflategate was the Colts and Ryan Grigson turning in the Patriots. I think the Patriots has aged really well. That 100% Tom Brady, who just won another Super Bowl, deflated footballs is irrelevant. I think that was a low point for the Indianapolis Colts franchise when they turned in the Patriots for something that was proven kind of unsubstantiated. Now, the two guys that got fired, yeah, maybe Brady liked his balls a little softer. Who cares? I've seen him with normal balls. He dominates. He just won the Super Bowl. He didn't film anyone. That was a Belichick thing. And I got news for you. When I got to the NFL, like the whole league was filming. It was normal protocol to film. Everyone's been filming. That was like stealing signs in baseball. Everyone did it. Uh, I, I just don't know what his, like, if he took HGH, like, does that, you don't think other people are taking steroids in football? But I just don't, like, look at Brady and think steroids are the reason he's kicking everyone's ass, assuming you're even right, even though I do believe that he is eating avocado ice cream. Look at him. He's way slimmer. The other thing is, I, you can't hit anyone in the NFL. Like, his arm is still looks like it did 10 years ago. He can't run away. Like, what are his physical advantages? His main advantage, he's smarter than the opponent. <laughs> he's smarter than the opponent. Just period, point blank, end of story. For what, it, uh, for what it's worth, one fact that I have not heard discussed with Deshaun is Dabo saying, staying radio silent. Dabo went out of his way to praise Deshaun pre- and post-draft. If he's not said one peep in defense of Deshaun, it's not a good sign. Uh, I, I don't know what's Dabo supposed to say. 
Like, I, I don't fault Dabble for saying those things, called him Michael Jordan. I think his experience with Deshaun Watson was A+. plus. Right, he won a national championship with him. He was around him every day. He loved the guy. But, like, I- I'm sorry. When you leave college, it's it's not Dabo. Like, you can't hold your hand anymore. So, I, I don't know really what's he supposed to say. You know? I-, I-, I would imagine he is rooting for this not to be true. But he doesn't know. I, I-, I think it's a tough spot for Dabo. I don't know if you can... I don't think Dabo knows anything more than me or you knows. Now, maybe he's talked to Deshaun, but I, I think he's in a tough spot. Fellow bald guy here, big fan of the podcast. This may be a dumb question, but if a coach is fired with time left on his contract, are they still owed the money remaining? Take Gruden, for example. If he were to be fired at the end of this year, is he still owed $60 million? Uh, In theory, Yes. But I think every coach's contract is probably a little bit different. I think the going rate is most coaches' contracts are fully guaranteed. Now, there might be bonuses with people get paid to do media stuff and you know radio hits or whatever, but I think the base of your contract is guaranteed. Now, obviously, there are languages. With a contract of 10 years, it might be different than a guy of five years. But yes, typically the way it works, if we just... Take Gruden, for example, if he's fired at the end of this year and he has $60 million remaining on the contract, he will be paid $60 million over the next six years. Now, maybe they could do some sort of buyout. I don't know. You could Obviously, in life, you can negotiate whatever. If he were to take another job, which no one else would hire him to be the head coach, but let's just use, in theory, he takes another job, that if that team offers him $30 million, the Raiders would only owe him sixty or $30 million. Right, you'd kind of split the baby, but it's just I I, I think the going, uh, the way the conventional wisdom I, is that even the right term? I guess the history of these contracts would say yes, he's owed all the money, but unless you have the contract, it's hard to know. Do you think Gruden will even be fired? From another Gruden question. You think Gruden will be fired from the Raiders? Another seven years seems like a long time to be losing. Gruden's been a disaster. They, I mean, the $100 million, the fanfare. I remember when the Raiders signed, uh, had the press conference in Oakland. I was not allowed to go, by the way. I was told, do not show up. I asked for a media credential. They said, nope. I said, okay, you know, do can play that game. Uh, but I actually gave them a lot of credit for the hire. It's been another disaster. You know, he's just... He's a terrible team builder. I mean, there's no way around it. Now, he's got Derek's career going again, but he's drafted horribly. He did not parlay the Khalil Mack and Amari Cooper, you know, trades into enough. They've signed horrible free agents. The defense has been atrocious. Uh, if they keep losing, I think there's no way he lasts 10 years. If he's able to make the playoffs, I my prediction is if they miss the playoffs the next couple of years, I think he'll just retire. You know, or step away and quit. I, I I can't see him continue to coach and lose. Because he's already so rich. Like, John Gruden's not doing this for the money. John Gruden was worth $100 million plus dollars when he took the job. He does not need this money. The money is just strictly ego. Because his ego is fucking massive. But this is not like, I mean, it's technically a money grab. But to me, a lot of times, a money grab, you know, you kind of need the money. It's a huge step up in life. Gruden was making 10 plus million dollars at ESPN and Corona. He gave all that up 
basically, he's like, hey, my going rate is $10 million. ESPN pays me eight. Corona pays me two. So you want a match, Mark? This is what it, this is what it costs to play ball. Mark's like, yeah, I'll do it. We're going to Vegas. Let's, let's, let's ride. And it has been a train wreck. Uh, appreciate everyone listening. And, uh, and yeah, see you a little bit later this week. Three and Out Podcast. Go subscribe. Tell your friends. Adios. Godspeed. Have a great week. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep. You heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.